0: day, afternoon replay from Money FM eighty nine point three Market View on Money FM eighty nine point three. Good afternoon and welcome to another week, uh, another week that comes almost to an end. It is the wrap of Market View with JP Ong and Jeff Howie, strategic analysts from the SGX. I'm Clarissa Montero. Getting out of the way. That it well, <laughs> well, you, well, you're on the sidelines with a with a bag of popcorn. Right? So that's that's the way I look at things. I'm but, uh, my this nails, week, honey. but just just the um, just to set the table again for all of our listeners here, this week was pretty much a tale of two halves. Before Labor Day and after Labor Day, we saw a strong finish to the month of April, followed by a rather lackluster start, a bit of a mess start to 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 the month of May. And we and after breaching convincingly 3,400, 3, it seems that markets or investors have decided to Take a little bit of profit, pull back a little bit. Keep in mind, though, that this uh, week has been a relatively thin day or a thin week in terms of trading across the region. You have Japanese markets that were closed for most of the week. They mm-hmm. had that ten-day extended holiday that they're observing, so that's uh, that's out of the qu- equation until Wednesday next week. And for today and for yesterday and today, we saw Chinese markets take an uh, extended break for the long for the long Labor Day holiday. Also, so not a ton of investment going on in, in the region or, in, or, or around the around the, around Asia. But so far, we're seeing that uh, the Straits Times Index is pulling back a little bit. Now, Jeff, I know we did talk about this just last week, and we both—I uh, was a little skeptical—and you said you never, ever, ever, ever really bought into the adage of "sell and main, go away." Now, people mm. haven't really gone away, but it seems that they are selling at least in the first two days.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, the old the old adage it. it it comes from the old City of London days when the merchants and aristocrats would uh, basically finish their work off uh, for the for the colder months of the year and then go away on holidays and, and would typically come back on what was called Ledger Day, which was uh, you know basically big horse race up in mm. Doncaster. Um, but alternatively, I think if you look up Investopedia, that that period because if you, if you are going to take a break, it's important to know when you come back. Typically, mm. it's in at the end of October into November and. Uh, the uh, day when you would come back typically and, you know, the likes of Investor Peter and all those great education platforms out there is actually Halloween. Mm-hmm. So sell in May and come back on Halloween. Uh, and this year, Halloween's 31st of October, obviously. I think that coincides with the extended Brexit days. Yes, that, that was, so, I was so, going so. to mention that actually. So I mean, yeah, and and most most investor advisors or you know experienced traders and so forth would say, you know, there's a, there's a, there's other adages in the market as well. There's there's uh, you know, the past performance doesn't guarantee future returns. Markets can move against your anticipation, even though all your systems are saying it will go one way. And the other thing is too that markets can move up and down uh, over those those uh, those more warmer months in the northern hemisphere. For instance, last year. Uh, telecommunications sector in Singapore in the months of uh, July and August basically rallied around 8% during those two Mm -hmm. months. So thankfully... Uh, Singapore is such a highly diversified market, not just by where uh, these companies are generating their revenue or basing their assets, but also via the very different sectors and industries they represent. And usually sector rotation uh, will be occurring through these uh, summary months, if you will, and hence you know, you don't want to just turn your screens off.
0: Now, we, we you did mention a sector rotation. It seems we see we kind of saw a little bit of that in the in the, towards the end of April, so a bit of flirting towards the banking sector. Mm. Where do you think the the rotation? Where do you think the world of Singaporean investing? Where where do you think it's starting to rotate towards? If uh, if if you were positive at that question, Jeff.
1: Well, uh, yeah, if you if you look at the flows and the performances, the the big stocks, the big moves in April were the likes of. DBS, UOB, and OCBC, they they were quite uniform. They were up around 11% on average for the month. You had Keppel Corp as well, Mm. which was up 11%. And you saw, uh, remember the price of crude oil, crude, uh, WTI crude reaches high as $66.60 a barrel on the 23rd of April. It's since come back a little bit, 61.70. And then we saw some stocks that have been missing in action for a little while, like Jardine Cycle and Carriage, jump 9% in the month, and that's a big Kind of a play that's very much associated with Indonesia. Uh, look, it was a it was a really strong month for for Singapore. Singapore, no yeah, six six point one percent in total return. Mm-hmm. That's that's more than twice everything else across Asia Pacific almost. Uh, so you know, annualised, if you look at six point one percent in a month, and you look at the compound annual annual return, that's a hundred percent. So mm-hmm. obviously, that's 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 much more, much stronger than normal.
0: Right. Uh, of course, when you talk about banks, they also two major banks actually released earnings. In fact, today we saw UOB yep. release their earnings. What really caught my eye with their earnings release was they didn't just keep in, keep keep pace with DBS, which reported 9% growth. They saw 8% growth. But something that was very interesting in their release also was they said that they noticed a recovery and some increase in their trading and investment gains. Now, generally, the last six months when we talk about banks, a lot of them have always bemoaned, oh, you know what, we're not making money on the markets anymore. It's been so turbulent. Well, following BNP Paribas the other day, you have you will be saying this. And even Macquarie, which just released earnings over the, in Australia earlier today, also said that, you know, we're starting to see some signs of a pickup in terms of uh, investment banking, of, of, uh, of trading profits. And, uh, and and, and market-making that's really contributed to the bottom line. And we haven't seen this also in recent times. I I do wonder if this there is a bit of a turning point or if these three banks are the exception to the rule and really just got it right during that turbulent first quarter.
1: Well, they're very disciplined too. And, and ch- the deputy chairman did obviously make that point too that they uh, have a continued focus on the prudence in managing their business and it's really important in the uncertain macro environment. You know, you, We're still... Don't have a resolution to the ongoing trade war. We've got the next round. Uh, I think on eighth of May, when Vice Premier is in the US, mm-hmm. um, there is talk that hopefully uh, in the month of May there will be some resolution. Because remember, President Trump is in Japan at the end of May, and hopefully he can then go across to China and maybe sign something. Mm-hmm. The uh, banks themselves, though, the um, well, I mean, we got the third one to won't, that will report next Friday, next yep, Friday morning. That's OCBC. that's OCBC, yeah. I mean, DBS net profit was up nine percent, UOB was up eight percent. Um, the three, it's coming off pretty strong uh, FY eighteen. Remember, the three banks average nineteen percent net profit growth, and it's interesting too when you look at the quarterly net interest income. Of the three banks together, it has been consistently growing and directionally correlated with our rising swap overnight rate as well as the cyborg rates. Mm-hmm. So you go back to the third quarter of 2014, we saw these three banks cumulatively report uh, net interest income above $4 billion and then continue to do so up until the second quarter of 2018 and the three of them were consistently reporting more than $5 billion. And during that amount of time, we've seen uh, cyborg from um, back on the third quarter of 2014 move from 0.4% up to these levels that are sub below 2% at the moment. So um, basically in, in line with the rising interest rates that... Especially have been uh, driven by what we saw in the U.S. last year. You've seen the banks being able to adapt and move with this and increase their their net interest income um, significantly. So now it seems to be consistently above five billion dollars, which is which is a pretty good credit. And we saw also a key thing with the DBS announcement that they would be uh, distributing dividends on a quarterly basis now, wow. which wow. It, which is a lot. It's it's if you look at that. Um, Thirty cents, and you annualize it to one dollar. Quite 20. a bit of
0: pressure on the management to really, and also just maintaining those uh, those uh, those dividends. But if anyone can, yep. it's pipe, it might be Southeast Asia's largest lender.
1: Yeah, it is. It is indeed. Um, and you look if you look at our ten largest stocks that actually do report um, and distribute dividends on a quarterly basis, they've actually outperformed on an average basis our, our broader FTSE All Share pretty much every year since twenty fifteen. So there is. Um, you know, basically, I think you, you look at these ten stocks. You look at the four time periods, and I think there's only five instances when they when one of these 10, dec- 10 stocks actually did generate a decline. Mm. Um, it's but it's a lot. I mean, thirty cents uh, annualized is a dollar twenty, and if the, so, that means if the price of DBS stock is twenty five dollars, you've got a dividend yield of four four point eight percent. If the price is at thirty dollars, you've got a dividend yield of around four percent, which is Pretty strong. It's pretty
0: strong, actually, and rather solid. However, when you look at how the banks are doing today, DBS is back in the green and the only one so far. UOB, despite that strong and a rather impressive uh, set of earnings, they're down actually by about 0.8%. Uh, and it's a bit split for the banks. Another stock that we were looking at today also was Sem- Semcorp Marine. They did report earlier on. That they saw their group revenues falling by about 31% and profits also falling by about 68%. And again, this uh, sector also rather sensitive to offshore rigs, oil production, especially the offshore, mer- offshore and marine sector. Like, uh, and we've seen oil in the last two two weeks. Hit seven. I, mm. I use Brent crude, but we could also use the WTI. We've seen it hit those uh, those uh, those year-to-date highs and then come back down because of these oversupply fears again and rising U.S. production. I mean, uh, it's it's going to be tricky to try and see just how determine how sensitive these stocks are to oil prices and really time coming in and possibly holding your position or maybe it's just a, a stock that you might want to hold on to despite the seeming roller coaster that uh, that oil prices have been on the last couple of months.
1: Yeah, and the other variable, of course, is the U.S. dollar, and that's that's been stronger, particularly since uh, the Fed Reserve uh, basically concluded its meeting midweek. So that's trading around ninety-seven fifty-eight. The dollar index, which is up from ninety-five seventy-four at the end of last year, that's that also puts pressure on the big uh, sort of like businesses, whether it's big industrial, big utility, big uh, maritime businesses that obviously are sensitive to the cost of credit.
0: Mm-hmm. And so looking forward, though, Jeff, I mean, uh, you might be seeing two straight days of losses. What are you looking forward to next week?
1: Well, uh, first of all, it's payrolls, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so we're looking for a similar number to what we saw uh, last month. So uh, the, the consensus, I think, is expecting around 190,000 jobs for the month of April. Um, importantly, too, we've got PMI in Singapore. Mm-hmm. That's SIPMM. tonight, really. Yeah. We've had 31 consecutive months of expansion, so we'll be looking for a 32nd. Um, the next round of those US-China talks will be really important, of course, on, on the 8th of May. And then uh, that OCBC number for, for the for the banks. And then a little bit more ahead of um, next week, I guess, is the Monday the 13th of May. And that's when the MSCI Singapore will also be rebalanced. And it might see more stocks actually come into this. Benchmark, which is used by a lot of in- international institutions, could we see some
0: stocks perhaps even being being taken out of the benchmark? Could be could indeed, yeah. could
1: indeed. Um, it's pretty similar to the STI, mm-hmm. uh, although you'll see that the um, the STI stocks that have a secondary listing in Singapore. Uh, Um, basically, although we have all the volume and all the turnover here of those stocks, they're actually, because they had the headquarters in the Hong Kong, like the Jardines and and so forth, yeah, they they actually are part of the MSCI Hong Kong index, Mm. but they're in the part of the STI. But other than that, it's actually pretty similar. Uh, The MSCI Singapore does include Suntech REIT, which Mm. the STI doesn't. Suntech REIT is one of the biggest stocks on the STI reserve list. And then there's other uh, real estate investment trusts that are trading a lot of volume. In recent times, such as Maple Tree Commercial Trust, Maple Tree Logistic Trust, and so a mean, lot, of,
0: and then talking about dividend yields, also, yep. I mean, you, we talked about DBS having an impressive dividend yield, but many of those listed by the S-checks recently were actually REITs, also.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and look, this this sector is not just about yields. There, there's been one REIT in particular that's just announced another acquisition, Manulife REIT. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a this was the first pure play U.S. office REIT to list in Asia. And it did report its first quarter DPU was up 23% year on year. Um, but the story of this is this REIT has been on an acquisition spree, successfully able to fund all these acquisitions through secondary fundraisings, through either placements or rights issues. And from the time of listing, it's gone from a portfolio of 1.8 billion US dollars, three properties. To uh, to potentially with this latest acquisition announced, if it goes through, four point two million square feet of uh, of property and a portfolio. Sorry, four four point yeah point two million uh, square feet and a much bigger portfolio. So it's um, that that would go from three properties to potentially eight. It's already grown from three to seven. Mm.
0: Very interesting. A lot of things actually happening in that space, and not to mention also next week we do have the re, the resu- resumption of trade talks in Washington DC. Also, and again, just a lot of and a number of other um, of, uh, catalysts we're looking at. Also, mm-hmm. uh, Berkshire Hathaway releasing earnings in the US over the, over the weekend. Also, and and and, and Singaporean retail sales, and also UOL and Ginting Singapore releasing earnings towards the end of next week.
1: Yeah, and the utility sector as well, which yeah. has been a big outperformer for Singapore.
0: So interesting things coming next week. It's time for the uh, crystal ball. Are well, we going to go back to 3,400 well, next week? Well, I've given well, – oh, next week. We're talking about next week. <laughs> next I, was, I week. thought we were just focusing on the day. Oh, i just looking at. I'm week. looking at a two-day losing streak. Then next week, I think we're – I really think that we're probably going to be a bit uh, range-bound, and we're going to see the STI perhaps just testing 3,400 on and off. But it's going to do a bit of a cha-cha around that particular level, Jeff. Jeff. Ah uh, please uh, uh,
1: <laughs> market Honestly, participants out there ball, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, what I can guarantee is we'll have some movers well, while, while the index might be up or down two or three percent, remember, some stocks could be down as much as ten percent, some stocks could be up as much as ten percent, so take. yeah, just just and we've got this new s g x stock fact platform as well,
0: there you go, righty, that's been market views a wrap for the week. With J.P. Ong and Jeff Howey, strategic analysts from SGX, you're on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.